Bonin Cast, Product Innovation and UX Design with Bonanza Design. Hello, hello everyone. Behrad is here from Bonanza Design. For really excited to talk about the new UX process. What do I mean by it, and how we can integrate it into the agile development process? Um, I'm connecting from Berlin, Germany. I'll introduce myself. I think it's, my background might interest you and should interest you. Um, I'll introduce myself, what I do, and then we'll jump right into it, right into, first of all, what is a lean UX design process? You need to know. Then second of all, how you can integrate it into an agile development process. Hopefully I make a case for you so you can stick around because we have a very engaging community um, on Discord. I don't know how many of you are Discorders, Discord versus Slack versus Microsoft Team. We love Discord. We should be on Discord. Let's talk two, th we're gonna cover three topics today. First of all, who am I? Why should we be listening to this guy? Why should you not be opening your Netflix, YouTube, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, uh, Disney Plus, TED app, anything else to while you are here? Good question, right? Um, I should make a case. I should be able to make a case for you why you should be listening to me. I'll do so, first of all. Let's get that one out of the way. Then I'll introduce you to our Lean UX design process. So we can get that one out of the way as well. Then when we have time, we're going to talk about how we integrate our process into a typical agile development process. I, I assume you are all here because you sort of like have had the experience and somewhat a not successful experience working as a designer within an agile environment, within an agile development process. Is that the yes? If that's the yes, we can continue. As a designer, I've been around in the design field for about 13 years, my friend, and I only work within agile environment. I'm a startup baby. I grew up in Berlin startup scene. And as a unicorn designer, working within agile development processes has been, well, not has been, I, I don't work in those environment anymore, I explain. Uh, was very painful, right? Very painful. So I'm going to hopefully uh, shed some lights into why it shouldn't be painful because there is a way out. So my name is Behrat, um, originally from Iran, been in Berlin for, God knows, over a decade now. And... Um, uh, I, I have a mechanical engineering background. Then I moved uh, to Sweden up north and I did a master in sustainable design and innovation, heavily focusing on design thinking and open, open collaboration methods. After that, I moved into Berlin and got stuck and in, not stuck, but got engaged heavily in the Berlin startup scene i'm talking about the time that berlin was famous 
for being poor but sexy not anymore it's not poor anymore not sure whether it's still sexy but definitely not poor so from 2012 onwards i've been in different i work in different startups i co-founded two starts two startups one of which became a unicorn startup it's called grover.com and then um i work and work and work you know working for 60 70 80 hours every week so much stress not knowing whether you have funds uh, next quarter or not um, always fighting for funding and always fighting for to get interactions and product market fit at some point i said to myself i've had it enough quit my job book a ticket to india went to travel in india for two months came back and i started my freelance consulting uh, phase and from 2018 to 2020 i freelance and consulted many startups and companies till corona pandemic happened um, and so corona pandemic happened my friends in 2020 and uh, all the other agencies i was working with they they went radio silent on me so i went through phases of panic uh, denial what have you and decided in april 2020 to found my own agency or innovation studio as i would like to call it it's called bonanza design bonanza design is an innovation studio based in berlin germany we went from a team of two to team of 16 believe it or not in two years and a half over a million in revenue uh, why is that a possibility because um we do few things very well we you know as our tagline suggests we help you with fast prototyping and testing with your target markets very specific um and we do that uh, i don't see any other provider does that better than us to be honest we are the best in this and um, we do offer two main packages lean innovation sprint for fast prototyping um, of, of business ideas of product ideas especially at early stages and that's why you are here app and ux design sprint so we help a lot of companies to to do app and ux design much better much better than uh, that they could possibly do and make it the the turn it turn that skill turn that skill of skill set of app and ux design into a competitive advantage for them so that's very different a competitive advantage right so that's that's what we want to talk about so um few advantage of uh, first of all like um if you would like to get better at UX design, follow me on LinkedIn because we do a lot of these case studies. Every Tuesday, we publish one case study. So for example, I don't know if you know Zalando. We do these case studies that we see, we look at like famous, not famous, but yeah, famous website, web shops, application, and try to redesign it, right? And then in this post, uh, we break down our design process as much as we can. We, you know, we don't go so deep. But um, we do uh, express some of our key design decisions. 
So if you would like to get this case study every Tuesday on your LinkedIn feed, follow me on LinkedIn, right? Every process is based on a philosophy, right? Um, our process is a three-week learn prototype test, right? The, the whole premise, the whole philosophy behind our process is that great products rarely rarely arrive by accident rather they are the result of many rounds of iteration often companies make significant investment they launch a product and they see or receive mixed signals then they go through a phase of ignorance denial panic fear and then they are forced to learn the reason this is happening is because they did not invest in learning. Shipping fast is not your competitive advantage. Learning fast it is. And that's what a lot of companies do not get. It's not about shipping fast. It's about learning fast. The more you can learn at early stages of product development process, you will increase the likelihood of success and return on investment. So that's what we would like to bring. That's the impact we want to create for our clients. How does this process work? It's a three-week cycle of learn, prototype, and test. We learn through competition. Competit uh, competitor analysis, customer interviews, expert interviews. Then we quickly prototype ideas, ideate prototype. Then we test. Again, test it with potential customers. It's a closed loop through which we shape, iterate, evolve the experience by user and customer insights. And we do that iteratively. We have startups working with us for over six months now, um, 12 months. And we do this every three weeks. Every three weeks, my friends, that's the level of competitiveness you can tap into. That's what I mean by competitive advantage. When companies are able to tap into lock themselves in a fast iterative cycle of learning prototyping and testing so what do we do in the first week imagine uh, you want to work with us you have it we have a product first week what do we do you know always that's what that's what we do when it comes to lean processes lean startup lean ux we do not have time we do not to invest in research forever there is no forever we as human infinity is our biggest sorrow we do not have all the time we want we have to work within limitation in the first week what we do we research from our research our competitors come conduct qualitative user customer interviews we try to understand the customer pain points. We try to understand the baseline industry standards, the typical set of offerings or typical set of features that 
competitors offer. We want to dive deep into customer needs. And through this analysis, market data, market analysis, and customer pain points, customer context, empathy, we want to understand what are the possible market gaps are. What are the possible market gaps are? What are the possible market gaps are? Because if there is no market gaps, why should we enter this market? Then there is no customer pain points, valid, viable customer pain point that we can invest in. So after identifying potential market gaps, we don't know. No one knows unless we test, unless we test. In the week two, we tap into a fast, fast process of prototyping. Starting with fast concept ideation, we create a lot of concepts like this, as you can see. Really wireframe, low fidelity prototypes. Fast concept ideation, we identify certain market gaps from the previous uh, uh, week, week two. We try to ideate really fast. We don't have time. We just one week. We got one week to create new prototypes. Then when, when um, we came up with the round of concept, we prioritized them and mix and remix. We try to release the final concept. And then we try to translate that concept into prototypes. We call this mid-fidelity prototyping, right? And then through again like you know we do this cycle fast cycle of learn prototype test many rounds not one time like as we as we develop and develop we uh, we style it we evolve the interface but at the for the first sprint uh the experience will be at around this level of uh, mid fidelity prototyping plus maybe we paint it and color it a bit just to, to make it feel like an interface right then we test week three. We test uh, the entire concept. Then we test the futures. And we usually test between five to seven user testing. That's how much you can. That's an ideal number of user tests per week. More than that, it's too much. Less than that, it's too less. Right? So we test it. Then when we test, we generate a lot of insight. We gather the insight. We study the insight. And then we start the sprint two, cycle two. And guess what? The learnings, we got a lot of insight generated from the test of the previous sprint. We start the new sprint with a lot of data to learn from. You see what, what we are doing? A lot of data we gathered in the previous sprint and in the new sprint. We learn from the inside of the previous one and we iterate again, evolve the prototypes, develop them, test them, learn, prototype, test. And as we do this, the interface evolves. It gets more, it gets closer to high fidelity, right? So um, the, the, the message I would like all of you to get out of, uh, get out with is, Le innovation is not linear. So um, innovation is a circular process. It's not a project. It's not a one-time, one-off linear project. 
You cannot say, hey, we have these innovation processes. Let's just do research. Let's create some mock-ups. Let's test it. Let's ship it done. It's continuous. You have to do it over and over again, right? So the results of the of a round of user test only feed and act as a fuel for kicking off a new sprint. And you do it. Only you can achieve high confidence in your product design through many iterations and tests. Only through that. That's the truest sense of a scientific process. Scientists never stop testing. The test always a conduct. Only a hypothesis turn into a theory if it passes many tests only. And that's how you achieve high confidence in your product design. That is the way, my friend. What's the best way to integrate this process into an established product team? So integrate your task as a US designer into sprints at $1 million, if not $10 million question. How can you do multiple UX research strategy learn phase in a week? The the way I see it initially, um, I don't have your name, is a matter of scale, right? We run multiple UX, uh, lean UX project for our clients but for every project we have a separate team so um because these weeks i mean uh, they are they seem to be um, straightforward week but we do a lot of work in each week we do a lot of work in each week and um uh, for each uh, project we have uh, actively there are two people from our side involved Two people. So, um, so if you want to run multiple of uh, multiple UX research strategies or whatever you want to name it, you need to have more people in your team. In my opinion, um, when we test, we have a hypothesis in mind that turn into concept and turn into a prototype, and is being put in front of our audience, right? So we want to test the usability, the usefulness of the concept and the features, right? And um, when we are testing, we do not have enough time to learn about customer pain points, con- context and um, backgrounds, right? So uh, this doesn't mean that in the sprint two, we stop interviewing customers and users, right? We still do that. It's still part of the plan. But the difference between a sprint one and a sprint two, a three, four, five, here is that in a sprint two onwards, we have some insights gathered and accumulated from the tests of the previous sprint. So we have more data to look at and uh, learn from. The the very first step in your um, 
if you want to put together a concept, you need to identify certain market gaps. These market gaps um, are a combination of customer pain points um, and what your competitors are offering and what they are not offering, right? So the, in this combination, you can realize, you can arrive at certain hypotheses, right? So these hypotheses are springboard, the jumping board upon which you kick off your wireframing process. These hypotheses chart the path for you. And there is, I cannot give you a percentage how much of um, these hypotheses are resulted or derived from competitor analysis insights and how much of it are result from customer insights. It really depends on your vertical, the, the app you are working on, the type of customers, the market that you are in. Uh, so there are a lot of different variables in play. So this is a typical AHL process. Scrum, I assume, most of you are working, right? Um, we have another process called Kanban. That Kanban is more like, it's less strict, more like jobs to be done on top, the priority on top. But we're talking mostly about Scrum because it's more process-oriented, has set of action to do, to start and run and complete the sprint. Are all of you familiar with such a process in front of me? So this is a typical process that product development team work. You know, you have always a product backlog of certain stuff you want to work on. You do sprint planning and then, you know, you create a sprint backlog and then, and then of to-dos. And then in your sprint is usually between one to four weeks. Um, you have a scrum master that sort of like manage the team, uh, make sure everything goes on as planned. And then, um, and the result, the finished work is delivering what, what was in the sprint backlog, right? And that's how development teams, product development teams work. And the problem here is like designers, they have to work within this environment which is very, very not friendly towards designers' needs. This kind of Scrum processes are not friendly towards designers' processes. It doesn't give designers enough time to go through a process like, as I outlined before, through a learn prototype and testing process. So how do you integrate a process that I show you, our process, a three-week iterative cycle uh, into a process like this? Can, can it, can, this a scrum processes are very rigid, so to speak. You have to do certain action um, to complete the sprint, right? Doesn't allow a lot of designers to move around. So our solution, this is a process to build stuff, right? At the end of it, there are certain features uh, are going to be shipped, right? And not cheap, but ready for testing, right? Um, the, the reason that all of us are suffering because this, is, this process is designed to build is this, this is not a process that is designed to learn. That is not, this is not a process that is 
this is not a process that was designed to discover, to explore, to learn, none of this. This is the process, my friends, was designed by a bunch of developers because of their growing frustration with waterfall mindset, with waterfall process, right? This was to improve their development process. So, in, um, and this is not a breakthrough. This has been practiced in, in by, um, by great companies of today, um, digital economy, so to speak, for some years now. You need to have a separate process that allow for your team to discover. So, for example, we, when we start working with a client and they, they say, hey, we want to start working on this project, um, and we try to start our work a month before, two months before, three months before, to be able to have enough time to iterate. And then, so when we get to the phase that if we want to start building, we have at least validated and, and developed one or two futures. And as they start building that future, we start develop, like continuing our development our discovery process. That's how you can merge these two worlds by having and respecting and allocating a, a separate process for discovery, learning, prototyping, and testing. That is essentially the nutshell, the, the, the core of my conversation, that you need to have a separate process for discovery for concept ideation, for prototyping, for testing, for learning from your test, for, again, discovery, prototyping, testing. I mean, discovery is, is, is synonym, synonym to the same. I mean, discovery and learning are the same, in my opinion, right? So that's the way to go, right? That's what you want to achieve in your teams. Yeah, so that's in nutshell the way you can um, integrate a lean UX process into an agile environment. You need to separate the work of delivery and building from the work of discovery and design. The work of discovery and design should start a lot earlier and it continues as you start the delivery phase. For a discovery, what, what you need is you need to create a product terio, including PM, PO, UX, in our case, um, a UX team. Sometimes you need, because you need a, a, at least one designer, sometimes two, right? We, you know, we often two. We often we have we allocated design lead and a UX designer. So design lead sort of like organize the work of the UX designer. But basically, in a in established design like a, a startup or product team, you need a product area, PM, tech lead, UX. And UX your UX needs to be fully involved. Your PM or PO is part time as well as the tech lead part time. Your UX team, your your UX designer or product designer drive the product discovery supported by PM, PO, and tech lead. 
your discovery or uh, the way we call a lean UX needs to be between two to four weeks, not more than that. Our process is three weeks. Um, we always do continuous research in the learn phase. Uh, we validate, like, you know, prototyping, you know, it doesn't have to be wireframes. Sometimes we do fake door tests. You know, we put a placeholder in a running application and see people if click on it. We do, um, this is like wizard of O's. Um, you sort of like, you don't have to build really expensive stuff. You can really prototype them, prototype them cheaply, right? Concierge, if you want to test a service, like, you don't have to like you know design wireframes and all that. You can pick up the phone. You can do the do it manually, right? And landing pages are great too. You know if you want to pitch a new offer, if you want to, um, yeah, uh, basically looking into offering a new product or new future, you can first uh, test those with landing pages, right? So uh, we have a sort of like a slew of a different type of. Um, prototypes, so to speak, that we use depending on at which stage the product idea is at. This, so here's the thing, like, um, like the, um, the, the essence, the philosophy, our, our manifesto is that great products rarely arrive by accident. Rather, they are the result of many rounds of iteration. What does it mean is that this is discovery. The act, you have to do discovery. You have to assign a product terio to the work of discovery regardless. 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 If you are, for example, at later stage of shipping a future or a product, your discovery team does do the act of the work of discovery on new topics like um china intelligence system or what you call, i don't have this, this not even china like just call it like all the intelligence agencies in the world us china england russia they gather intelligence continuously they don't know what this intelligence is going to be how they are going to use this intelligent, but they gather intelligent continuously. Same with product discovery. It has to be done, especially in a scaling, in a growing company. It has to be done regardless of what you are building. Uh, we had experience, we've had experience working with the product that the role of the, the, the leading role was rotating right it's it really depends it really it's a very internal conversation to be had right it it could be pm it could be po it could be that the pm or po is junior and the tech lead is um is more senior they are taking over it could be the other way around the design lead is more ex experienced than the others they taking over so let me, so I think you, you all, there is a, there is this like a, like when we work with, start working with product teams, so they all, they usually come in because they don't have enough internal team, they lack internal resources, 
or they want to really kick off really big epic uh, projects right so we start working with them a few months before to get the learn discovery uh, cycle going and then you know usually they need more time to put together the product development team and all of that but when we get to a point that the the the, the build phase begins right we support the build phase but we continue doing our discovery work until now till forever till forever that they want to work with us right it never it never so for every build sprint we finalize certain features we prepare it ux engineering fitted fit the dev sprint but in parallel we are doing our own discovery right so the pm and tech lead that's why i told you that their job is usually part-time because they have to take uh they, they are involved in the build phase as well so what i would suggest to all of you is to assign a full-time ux designer or product designer that they are not involved in building phase so they don't have this stress and anxiety to deliver and support the engineering they need to be a bit more um secured or assured of that they could just explore and research right um without worrying about supporting the build and dev phase uh, dev teams in in bigger companies we have POs and PMs and uh, uh, specifically assigned to discovery specifically they don't do build they only do discovery dev lead questionable sometimes even in bigger facebook definitely that you have dev leads that do only um, partake and contribute to a discovery team and again just i think it's important for you to know is that when we talk about prototyping it's not wireframes and apps and stuff we talk about anything that helps you help us validate hypotheses anything any method any any test environment any experiment so a lot more than that a lot more than wireframes we use again um, i would like to close this conversation with this note shipping fast is not the goal here learning fast that's the goal we are after so if you are working product teams that got stuck in this build trap mentality that let's ship and ship and ship and ship it's a disease you have to cure this disease you cure this disease by introducing a discovery process by discover by allowing by basically shifting the mindset the focus from shipping 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 to learning and learning and learning because when you learn from your market when you learn from your customers you ground yourself in reality in pure bliss until next week until next podcast enjoy yourself ciao bye bye